the laws of Narabasula, chapter 3. Most of this chapter deals with the question of a Meitzi Shemra, that is, a slanderer, and particularly when the slanderous report is that the girl who he has just married is not a virgin. First halacha. Someone who slanders a daughter of Israel is liable for flogging, and he would also be required to give to the father of the girl 100 sela of pure silver. If the girl does not have a father, it would be given to her. Second halacha. But the fine and the lashes would only be required if the girl was a nara. And in this case, the specific definition of a nara is a girl who is over 12 years old who has started to show secondary sexual characteristics. Third halacha. Cases pertaining to a moitzi shemra must be brought before a court of 23. The reason for this is that any time that capital punishment is a possibility, it must be a court of 23 that hears the claim. And in this case, if the accusation turns out to be true, and during the period between which the Nara became engaged or consecrated, and when she married, she had relations with someone else, then she could be put to death. Cases in the prior two chapters, however, would only be brought before a court of three, because they only have to do with money damages. Fourth halacha. Another consequence of a Meitzi Shemra is that he must stay married to the woman forever, as long as she wants that, and if he does divorce her, we compel him to remarry her or face lashes. If he divorces her and then she marries someone else, then we give him lashes. Fifth halacha. If we find out that she is engaged in immodest behavior, or if it turns out that she is not permitted to be married to him for any reason, then he would be required to give her a get. Sixth halacha. Procedurally, here is what this would look like. He would come before the bezin, and he would claim, I had relations with this nara, and I did not find signs of her virginity. And when I asked her about this, she admitted to me that she had sinned, after I had consecrated her for marriage. The court would then consider the testimony of any witnesses, and if it turns out that the man's claim was true, she would get stoning. However, if the father brought witnesses demonstrating that the husband's witnesses, in fact, were false witnesses, and here we don't just mean that what they said was incorrect, but rather there's no way they could have actually seen what they claimed to have seen. In that case, the witnesses would be put to death by stoning, and the husband would be given lashes, and he would be required to pay the 100 silver fine. If it turns out, in fact, that the father's witnesses were false witnesses, then they would face stoning, as would the Nara. Seventh halacha. If his wife is already a Bulgaris when he brings his claim before the court, then he would not face lashes, and he would not face a fine. And that's true even if the accusation was that she committed the act when she was a Nara. She still, however, would face stoning if it turned out that the accusation is true. A Bulgaris in this case is someone who has already gone through puberty and is over 12 years of age and 6 months. Eighth halacha. All of the halachas that we've been describing here are related. And so, if a Nara would not be entitled to a fine if she was raped or seduced, then her husband would not be punished by flogging or by a fine if he issues Meitzi Shemra against her. So here we're talking about, amongst other things, if she was a convert and she converted after the age of three, and so on. Ninth halacha. If a man consecrates a Nara and then divorces her and then consecrates her again, and then he brings a claim that she is not a virgin, but the witnesses say that she sinned during the first period of consecration. Then it turns out those witnesses lied. The witnesses would be exempt, and the man would also be exempt in this case. The man would also be exempt from the laws of Meitzi Shemra if the claim was against a Yavama. That is, he said she was consecrated to my brother, and she sinned and had relations with someone else during that period, and then he died. And in any case in which a man is not liable for flogging, he also would not be required to remain married to her if he did not want to. Tenth A man would never be liable under the laws of Meitzi Shemra unless he had relations with her in the normal fashion. If he had intercourse with her not in the normal fashion, and here we refer to anal intercourse, and then he slandered her, the Torah does not impose punishment, but the rabbis impose a punishment of lashing. Eleventh halacha. If he claims, I discovered that she was not a virgin, but he does not claim that she sinned while consecrated to him, or if he claims that he believes she sinned while consecrated to him, but he doesn't bring any witnesses, and then witnesses come on their own, if it turned out that his claim was false in any of those circumstances, he would not be liable. 
But if it turned out that the witnesses were false witnesses, and here once again we mean witnesses that could not have possibly seen the thing they claim they saw, then the witnesses would be put to death because they were trying to impose the death penalty on her. The twelfth halacha comes to dispel some misunderstandings about the statements in the Torah from which this concept is derived. So the one pasuk is in Devarim Chafbeis Pasuk Yitzayin, and it says Ufarsu Asimla. They will spread the garment. This has led some people to believe that what he does, he holds up the sheet or something like that and says, see no blood. But this isn't what it means. Really what it means is that the judges debate the matter in private. Similarly, the claim in the Torah that the father would say, Ele besule biti, and that's from Devarim Chafbeis Yudzayim, and it means this is the signs of my daughter's virginity. Once again, it does not mean that anyone holds up a sheet or anything like that. What it means is here are the witnesses who will testify as to my daughter's virginity. And finally, Rambam explains that she would only be executed if she committed adultery. Having relations prior to being married is not something for which someone gets executed. The idea in the Pasuk in Dvarim, Chaf Beis, Pasuk Chaf Aleph, which says, Liz Nais Beis Avia, she was immoral in her father's house, does not mean that she had relations at any time in which she was in her father's house. It refers specifically to a period in which she was consecrated to him, but still remained living in her father's house. And that used to be fairly normal. Today we don't do it that way. We have the consecration at the same time as we have the marriage ceremony, to say nothing for the fact that today we don't marry people at the age of 12. But the purpose of all of this is simply to dispel any misunderstandings that people have as a result of a simple reading of the verses.